0: This week I knew I was entering a new era of life when I opened the mail one day and I had an AARP card in my mailbox. Now I'm not sure, Daryl, what does that mean? <laughs> I guess it means we're getting older, huh? Yes, we are. This morning as I, as I get into this, I just want to, um, to say the message this morning is different than what it was going to be at the beginning of this series. I thought that this first three weeks of this series Strong Church we would talk about the foundation of what it means to serve and, and, and why we serve. Remember we talked about it in Ephesians that we're called to live a life worthy of the calling that we receive because of what Christ has done. And I thought we would begin this week talking about how we serve. That's why we have a, a, a table out back with children's ministry. And by the way, our children's ministry does an incredible job of serving the children of this church and serving you as families of this church. And, and for children's ministry to be a great ministry, it requires great volunteers, and it requires people like you, all of us doing our job in, in raising up um, children, in doing your part and me doing my part as the body of Christ. And so as we, in the next several weeks, ask yourself the question, how am I serving? What am I doing here? What am I doing to make the body better? How am I giving of my time? And how am I giving of my talents? And how am I giving of my of my treasures? But last Sunday when I got home and, and Monday, as I was just taking some time to pray and, and looking again at Ephesians chapter 4, I was drawn to the last half of Ephesians chapter 4. Beginning at verse 17, this is what Paul said. He says, so I tell you this and insist on this in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from a life of God because of the ignorance that is is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to the sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however... Did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught of him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted, corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in an attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's an old saying that says when in Rome do as the Romans do. Basically what that is saying it is encouraging people to conform to the world around them. So when you're with sophisticated people be sophisticated. When you're with common people be common. When you're among pagans act like the pagans. Be like the world is what that statement means. And what Paul is saying here in Ephesians is you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In other words, don't be like the Romans. The Ephesians had lived as the Gentiles had in the past. But now because of what Christ has done, Ephesians 1 through 3, because of what he did, they have now become completely different. They are a new creation. So he says, don't live your daily manner of life like people who don't know God. And we struggle with that in this culture. We struggle with that as believers. We want to be like the world. John MacArthur said the problem isn't, that, that isn't getting the world to live like Christians. Our problem is getting Christians to stop living like the world. We're infatuated by the world and, and everything that it has to offer. And I believe as we get into this text, you'll understand, I began more to understand why this is to be preached. Because I believe we are are desiring to live in the world, to wear the old clothes as well as the new clothes. James 4.4 says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God?" Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eye, the boasting of what one has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. And then John says, the the world and its desires will pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Paul here in Ephesians is reminding them, don't live the way the world lives. Remember back in Ephesians, in chapter 4, verse 1, remember what Paul says. He says, as a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you, in other words, therefore, because of, of your position in Christ, he says, live a life worthy of this calling that you have received. And, and that, therefore here in Ephesians 4, verse 17, is referring back to this worthy life we are to, to live. In other words, because we have been called to live this life worthy of this calling, don't live like the Gentiles. Don't desire to live like the world. You see, our conduct should reflect our calling. Don't live like the Gentiles. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this. He says, Our conduct should always be to us something which is inevitable in view of what we believe. In other words, what we do should come out of what we believe. He says, If my Christian living is not quite inevitable to me if I am always fighting against it and struggling and trying to get out of it and wondering why it is so hard or narrow, if I find myself rather envying the people who are still back in the world, there is something radically wrong with my Christian life. And I believe too many people that are coming to church Sunday after Sunday desire to be more in the world than they desire to be living in Christ. I believe way too many people come for a show on Sunday morning and go live their lives the rest of the week like the rest of the world when we need men and women who are disciples of Christ, who have been transformed by the renewing of their mind. Don't live or desire to live like the world. Don't live like the world around you. That's what Paul is, that's his admonition here in this first part. He says, this is why. He says, so I tell you this in verse 17. And I insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from life, from a life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardening of their hearts. As having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, with a continued lust for more. See, verses 17 to 19 here in Ephesians is talking about the old walk. That is who we were. That is who the Ephesians were before Christ. See, in verse 17 he says it it, it ends with with the futility of their thinking. In other words, that word futility means fails to produce or, or an empty way of thinking. Proverbs 14.12 says, there is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it leads to death. You see, the world has a certain way of thinking, but their thinking ultimately is empty and it ultimately will lead to death, and yet we want to be like them. He says, they are darkened in their understanding. Because of what? Because of their ignorance, which is due to the hardening of their hearts. He said, so because they have made their hearts hard, they've rejected God, their understanding has been darkened. And so their thinking is futile, useless, it's empty. He says, when he looked down at verse 20, he says, You learned, you were taught. Verse 23 says, the word of the mind, he uses this word mind over and over again. You see, in other words, this whole thing of learning and teaching and mind and knowing as opposed to ignorance. As I looked at this, I saw the mind is the issue here. You see, as believers, as Christians, we think think different from the world. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so he is. So what is your mind thinking today? He says, see, see, we've, we have to think differently. And when we think differently, we will begin to act differently. Actually, the word salvation, first of all, it means a change of mind. It is a new thinking process. And here, everything in verses 17 to 19 has to do with with the way the world thinks. You see, unsaved people can't think right. And, And because our sinfulness flows out of a reprobate mind, transformation begins in the mind. Verse 20, you have Not so learned Christ is what the ESV says. You have not learned Christ. you've You've not received, you've not been saved. But transformation, it begins right here. Remember what Romans 12 verse 2 says. It says, be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Has your mind been transformed? You see, thinking, it's is, is when our mind is transformed that it draws us to God. It causes us to think differently about sin and differently about God. Our mind causes us to think about the way we ought to live. But a, it requires a new thinking process to come to salvation in Christ. A changing of our Minds. So it's the word repentance. It means a change of mind. Have you had a change of mind? Because if you still desire to live like the world and you're still in the world, then has your mind truly been transformed? Paul says the pagan has a problem with the way he thinks. And he shows us these four elements of the way that a pagan thinks says you know they're darkened in their understanding they're separated from a life of God because of their ignorance but in verse 20 he says you however did not come to know Christ or to learn Christ that way but then he throws in this interesting comment, he says, "Surely you have heard of him, and were taught in him, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus." Here in verse twenty-one, he entertains the possibility that that some of the people that were hearing this letter were not really followers of Christ, hadn't didn't have transformed minds. Now he realizes that 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 some of them in attendance that were hearing that letter being read didn't know Christ. So I want to stop right here and I want to ask you this morning, have you learned Christ? Do you know him as Savior? Have you had a, a change in the way you think? See, because before we can, before we, we can escape this, this hardening of our hearts, this, this, this darkness, this futility of life, you have to hear the voice of Jesus. And in response to Him, you receive Him. You see, it is His voice that, 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 that breaks this power of, of, of hardness and darkness and, and, and comes into your life. He is the one that awakes us from the hopelessness of of death. Have you been awakened? see those cards that I handed out last week, that we handed out last week, that that talk about giving of your time and your talents and your treasures? Until you have had a change of mind, until you have repented, until Jesus Christ is Lord of your lives, those mean nothing. Paul says, no, you were taught Verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitfulness and desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. There's that word again. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Have you put off the old self? Are you still wearing the old garments but just showing up for church week after week hoping that it goes away? Which garment are you wearing? See, what Paul is saying here is, look, before I give you your responsibilities, which he does in verses uh, 25 and on, you need to understand something. You need to change your clothes. You need to take off the old person and put on the new. And how do I do that? By being renewed in the spirit of my. You see, that is the connection between verses 22 and 24, where he says to put off the old clothes and to put on the new by being renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, in verse 22, it's the old person that is corrupted by the desires and is fueled by deceit of the world, by the absence of truth. But in verse 24, if you notice, there's a new person that has been created in righteousness and holiness that is fueled by truth. You see, right attitudes and emotions and actions are born out of the new life. But what I fear for us is that too many, too many of us, I think sitting here this morning, are way too comfortable in our old garments. In fact, we, we like the old garment. We rather enjoy that life of, of sin. And therefore, we're not, we're once we, we sort of want to take this thing off, but but then it's no, you know, I really like this. And so you continue to live in this old, smelly, rotten garment. Paul says. I want you to be renewed. So how do I do that? How do I get the curve? How do I get to a point where I'm taking off the old garment and putting on the new? I need to fill my mind continually with the truth. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 Says, we do not lose heart, though inwardly, though the outer nature is wasting away. And as you get older, you realize more and more what Paul is talking about when he says we're wasting away. But our inner nature is being renewed every day because we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are. Unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I must begin to focus on the eternal things of God, the things that are unseen. Colossians 3 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. That old self. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Fill your mind with the truth of heaven. So the key to a transformed mind is, is, is to, 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 to have an eternal perspective. To focus on Christ. To focus on the renewing of our minds. Paul Prayed for the Corinthians in in Corinthians, in, uh, for the Ephesians back in chapter 1 and verse 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened that you might know what is the hope to which God has called us and what the riches of his glorious inheritance and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. He wants us to see things with the eyes of our heart so that our minds would be renewed. And that happens when, when, when we're filled with the truth of God's power and promises. In chapter 3 of Ephesians, Paul prays again for the Ephesians. He says, and finally, pray for us, he says, that we have the power to comprehend with the saints What is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God? It's out of this renewed mind, out of taking off the old garments, putting on the new, that we can have new attitudes and new emotions, and new practices. The only evidence that someone has put on these new clothes, has put on Christ, has put on his righteousness, is not by past experience, by what they say they've done. It is only evident as a life reflects in other words, new creatures act like new creatures. 1 Corinthians 5 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. 1 first, first John 2 says, A man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But anyone who obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know. We are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Christ did. So our lives, a transformed life, reflects Christ. Not just on Sunday morning when we worship, but, but a transformed life reflects Him day after day after day after day. It reflects Him where you work. It reflects Him where you play. It reflects Him where your children go to school and where you go to school. And Paul says in verse 25, put off falsehood. Speak truthfully. You see, we're changed now. And what I see of the church is too many people out in the world every day. Nothing is different about us. We are just like the world and we desire to be in the world. You see, you can't wear both garments because the old garment stinks it's very evident that you're wearing it. And you can't put that on until, you can't put the new one on until the old one is taken off. Because the old one stings. And once Paul has established this whole thing of of, of what happens to a transformed mind, what happens when the old is taken off and the new is put on, Paul says, here is the result. Therefore, we put off falsehood, speaking truthfully to our neighbors because we're members of one body. He says, we're not deceitful anymore. We don't lie. And we don't lie to to our spouses. We don't lie to our bosses. We don't lie to our employees. We don't lie on our taxes. He says, no, a transformed mind. A person that has been renewed is truthful. A person who has been renewed, he says, isn't angry anymore. Although you may come, he says, in your anger, do not sin. We don't let anger build up on the inside, we settle matters quickly. He says, we don't steal anymore, we work. We're people of integrity. So I don't steal my boss's time by fudging my time clock. I don't steal from my employees by not not treating them the way that they need to be treated. I'm a person of integrity and the world sees that. He says, there won't be unwholesome talk that comes out of our mouths, but only what is helpful in building others up. That's what a transformed mind does. And we don't engage in dirty talk and coarse joking and gossip because our minds have been transformed. We have no desire to be there. It sickens us. You see, a transformed mind is is made sick when they hear gossip and they hear dirty talking and jokes. Yet, man, we love to be part of the crowd. We love to be in the world is that because our minds haven't been transformed? So I guess my my encouragement this morning is, man, go home and read this last portion of Ephesians. Pray about it, study it. Ask yourself, am I living like the Gentiles live? Am I more more excited about living in the world than I am about following Christ. And if I am, have I learned Christ? I want you to do a reality check here. Are you living like the pagans? Are you darkened in your understanding? Are you separated from God? Because of your ignorance. Have you given yourself over to sensuality? And they continue a lust for more of the world. Because if you are, you probably haven't been transformed. That's your mind being transformed. So before we go on with the rest of this series, before you even think about tithing your time, talents and your treasures, ask yourself, am I living a life worthy of this calling? Because I believe if our minds are transformed and we are changed into who God created us to be, then our time and our talents and our treasures, the giving of those things will come naturally and not begrudgingly. If it's not coming naturally, then I work but I want us to go home today and to think on these things. I know we've got Super Bowl parties to go to and all this stuff. I feel like maybe I've been been all over. I've done a web thing, Keith. But my heart is, is for you and making sure that you understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. And my prayer would be the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1. If you would stand with me. Father, I this morning lift this body up to you. I pray, Father, that each one of us would look deeply within ourselves, that we would examine ourselves to see that we are in the way. Lord, show each person here clearly where they're at. Lord, if there are people here this morning that are darkened in their understanding because of their ignorance, Father, would you reveal yourself to them? Would you transform their mind? And Lord, I pray that we would take off the old garments, put on the new as our minds are transformed and that we would live lives that are righteous and holy, that we wouldn't desire to live as the world lives or take those desires away. And Father, for those that are here this morning who, who are struggling with that, who who just tugged day after day into the world, would you transform them and change them? Give them a new identity. Transform their mind. Lord, I pray that our transformation will be very evident by the way we live our lives. Lord, no matter where we go this week, that there will be evidence that we are followers of Christ. Give us power and strength and courage to live lives that reflect you. It's in Christ's name that we pray, amen.